Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photography or videography help, we are the team to get the job done. We would love to help you. And as always, please reach out to us when you need any photo or video assistance. Our special guest this week is Allison Ferris. She is a former 2018 Miss DC America, and she is a wonderful pianist and also is working in the programming and technology field with so many skills and an incredible person to just learn about and be inspired by. So if you love to learn more about pianoist and going through adversity this is an episode that i hope will motivate you and allow you to be positive and go out there and find the next instrument that will motivate you to be successful in your life and welcome to the show Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome to have you, Allison. It's always a pleasure to have one of my friends um, finally on the show and someone who is definitely traveling the world and living her dreams after being um, a huge um, pageant contestant and uh, successful in uh, the field that, you were, that you're working in. So I'm just so excited to, to get your insight on how um, playing the piano and, and being in pageantry has really helped your life. So. Yes, absolutely. I, gosh, I can't believe it's been pretty much a year now since we were in DC taking photos in front of the cherry blossoms. I know, I know. Um, if, if you guys haven't had the opportunity, um, if, if Allison approves, um, maybe we'll use that one of those photos as the title card because, um, I think they were some of the best photos I ever took. So. Yeah, absolutely. I know I, I had, that was probably the most fun, one of the most fun photo shoots I've had in a while. So especially when the season's about to change and you see the, the blossoms blooming and it's just such an overall great fun time. Well, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's nice to have this kind of demographical um, area to live in where you get almost all four seasons and, um, we just happened to to get the perfect uh, spot where we could be alone. There wasn't any around. We could get some great photos. So I appreciate yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you giving your time. I know that um, in all sincerity, you're very shy when it comes to doing photos. So I appreciate you going outside your comfort box and doing that with us. So <laughs> yes, absolutely. And thanks for putting up with me. I know it's no. probably I'm, I'm not the easiest model to deal with, but um, no, I definitely had a great time and. Um, helped. You definitely helped make me feel relaxed and Good. and um, have a great time. So. Well, Allison, you're you're not a model. You're you're. I would say you're a friend. So, <laughs> um, so let let's start at the beginning and how you really started. Um, I know that you had told me that you were originally you're adopted and you're um you were adopted this amazing family, so. What what's that experience like starting as adopted child and then um, did they introduce you to sports or or playing the piano or playing um, 
a um, musical in- instrument or is that something that you gravitated to? Yeah, so I actually, so I kind of claim I was adopted into the pageant world, but I actually um, wasn't adopted as a young child. I have, um, oh, I actually so grew sorry. up in Alabama. Yeah, no, that's okay. I talk about like having a pageant family and, and uh, definitely didn't grow up competing in pageants. Um, so I ended up gravitating toward music very early as a child. And actually music is really what led me to, to discover the world of pageants in the Miss America program. Okay. So are you, so were you not doing music early in your life then? I was. Yeah. So I, um, I was in fourth grade when I started to take piano lessons and then I ended up starting to compete in piano competitions on the weekends. And so music quickly became one of my very first passions in life. It was something that allowed me to really express myself. Um, I'm extre- I was extremely shy growing up and it was a way for me to really let loose and just be express- expressive through music. So I ended up um, going on to college and originally majored in music. And it wasn't until I um, discovered music software then I decided to shift my focus from a music degree to a technology degree. And after kind of missing out on the opportunity to be on stage performing again was when I learned about the scholarship opportunities, the service opportunities, and the performance opportunities of the Miss America organization. Well, going back to a young age, um, was that a avenue for you to really bridge out and and be more confident using that piano as like that buffer between the kids and and the adults? Absolutely. I think one of the things that I quickly realized is how universal music is. So I grew up in a multicultural family. My mother is Taiwanese and is a non-native English speaker. So I grew up with a family that lived with both a Taiwanese culture and an American culture kind of meshed into one. And so whenever I would chat to my grandmother in Taiwan, um, she had limited English speaking skills and I didn't have any Mandarin speaking skills at the time. And so, you know, one of the things that I would do is, is be able to perform piano for her. And so she would listen to me play and that was a way to kind of connect with my grandparents. And so that was something that I really valued in, in music and something that I think continues to be a common theme and a common value for me in my career and just adopting a very global universal um, value to diversity and making sure that that's something that I always keep a part of me moving forward. Is playing the piano a family tradition or is that something that mom or dad encourage you to do because usually piano is not the first thing that a child automatically gravitates to. Yeah, actually it's funny you say that my first instrument was actually the violin. Um, and so I think I did come from a family that valued music. So my grandmother played the piano and my great aunt also played the piano. And so that kind of prompted my, parents to enroll me and my two older sisters in some kind of music course, whether that be really a music course of our choosing. And so my sister decided to play the piano and then my my second sister and I, so I have two older sisters, my second oldest sister and I 
started out playing the piano, uh, excuse me, the violin. And it ultimately kind of gravitated. So I played the violin for about two years. And my, my oldest sister, who was taking piano lessons, started to compete in piano competitions. And so one day she came home with a trophy. And it's so funny to think back and, and to see that this was kind of the driver for me to switch from violin to piano. But I took one look at that trophy and I was like, oh my goodness, I want to be able to win a trophy. And so I then sometimes asked the, my parents. Sometimes the littlest thing yeah. in the world just motivate you so much, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. So funny. You have like this third grader who knows really, who's just scratched the surface of learning all these different kinds of instruments and, you know, the world of music who loved listening to Britney Spears and the Backstreet Boys, um, sees one trophy and then wants to switch from violin to piano. So I ended up asking my parents if I could then take from the same teacher that my oldest sister, Caroline, was uh, taking from and started to, I loved it ever since. So I was hooked. <laughs> and that was, that was nine, 10? Yes. Yeah. Probably closer to, to 10. And do you feel that the piano is from this point on from that point on is that the avenue for you to relieve all your stress and uh, to is that something like going to the gym and is it a depressor to let emotion out or to express what how you're feeling or is it on another level no absolutely i think you're spot on it was a way for me to relieve a lot of stress i you know i do suffer from anxiety and stress and that was a way for me I think early on to re recognize not only that I was stressed and had a bit of anxiety when it when it came to deadlines and school and and balancing everything um, and um, ironically that was very much my outlet when it came to you know managing societal pressures or you know not having friends in school and in bullying so it, it did very much play a role in helping me balance a lot of my emotions and, and really express myself um are are you saying that you were bullied heavily in high school or middle school i don't think if you were to compare me to someone who really i was very fortunate in that i had very little like physical and emotional bullying. I think one of the, okay. the, the um, things that I experienced was um, just unconscious bias. So I was, um, you know, being half Taiwanese, growing up in a very small town in Alabama, you didn't really have a lot of representation and people that you really could relate to. And so I experienced a lot of biases, whether they were conscious or unconscious or not, towards me and towards my family you know i was i was someone who didn't really you know i didn't dress the same as everyone i didn't have the same type of etiquette i didn't know things or i didn't pick up on things that were the quote norm and so that was something that i, I definitely did struggle with and so um i wouldn't you know i think bullying is probably in an, an extreme Official, way to would, to yeah would, but would, like i for, uh, would would an easier way to say is did you always feel like a fish out of water would that be where you always felt like you were going against, against the stream? Everyone was going in the opposite direction and you felt like. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely very much out of place. And um, that was something I think that I really wanted to carry with me 
when I was competing for the title of Miss America, I wanted to make sure that I was able to to represent my culture and and others who might feel they also don't have a place because of well, their backgrounds and interests. And when you've when you're playing the piano, you felt you were fitting in then that you were more just a normal um, American then at that point. Is that what that meant? Uh huh. I think it was less me fitting in, but more me not worrying or having to have this this pressure to have to fit in. So it was a way for me to not have a care in the world and just to be plugged into how I wanted to express and perform on stage. I mean, I sincerely have my heart go out to you because I was bullied heavily in middle school um, for, for years. So um, physically and mentally. So um, I, uh, I honestly do have a strong inkling of how you went through it. Um, being judged based on your ethnicity is a totally different level of um, bullying, um, but it still extremely leaves a mark on you. So, do you feel that you've overcome that and you be you've um, become a stronger person uh, based on those negative attitudes in the past? I think it's definitely made me much stronger, um, and it's. I think it's just more. You know, if I didn't have those experiences, and I still, you know, I still experience it a lot in the field of tech, you know, because when it comes to, um, you know, diversity, it's more than just skin deep, you know, and it starts to evolve into your experiences, your interests, your passions, your values. Um, and I think it helped me realize and really recognize the power that I had and the value that I had being very different and being at least in grade school, being multicultural and having the opportunity to have an experience with some, with, um, with the Taiwanese culture that my mom brought to our family and to how we grew up. So it's definitely, I think it, you know, it does still play a role, but I think now it plays a stronger role in that it, I know that the value it brings is far outweighs whatever negativity that it might bring. Well, I, 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 I and I just, I think you add so much value and if you ever have any self-doubt, I think that to be honest, I think you bring so much value because you have so many unique things. You're not just the average Joe. So don't ever let anyone trick you on that, you know, you know, and I'm sure you know that already. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, so how does the, the playing an instrument, then transition to doing are you then doing competitions is that the next step because you wanted to win the trophy so did you <laughs> how long so I, the piano is a very complicated instrument to learn and play are you just gifted and it just came really natural and just like you had it or does it take years for you to really master it i so i definitely practiced and it wasn't something that came out of the box for me. I definitely don't have an ear for music. So you'll, you'll see very talented people be able to just pick up on notes and listen to a song and play it on the piano. So for me, I studied classical, I was classically trained and it, 
you know, was forced to learn how to read music and to learn the theory behind and the history behind classical music and composition. So that was something that I had to constantly stay on top of and hone in on my skills and, and continue to practice and, and really just learn how the art of expression and the art of performance really played into those competitions that I, I participated in. So, um, do you lose those? Is it, is it like, um, is it more like a bicycle where you just need to, you have to play it, you have to ride for a little bit and it all comes back? Or do you honestly lose things if you don't continue to, to play? So the beauty of learning how to read music is that you know, you'll always be able to pick it back up. You'll always be able to go back onto that bicycle and, and know how to ride. Um, I think for me, I find myself more being able to pick it back up where I left off, but it definitely does take practice and um, consistency to get back to where I used to be when I was competing. Well, that even shows how even more talented you are that you can um, go long periods and still able to perform um, you know, there's a difference between doing a competition performing, but just being able to perform and, and play um, and have, you know, have someone play a really nice uh, piano piece just shows how talented you are. So clearly that's a demonstration of your of your personal talent and how how mentally strong you are when it comes to that. Because would you agree that the, the reading of the actual the notes is like reading another language is like learning a a totally language oh absolutely <laughs> it's like to the next it's exactly like learning another language um you know you have it's it's muscle memory right um it's a mind body it, it, it encompasses every kind of skill that you have to have when you speak a language than to read music yeah it's a great great analogy so if you had well I, you're gonna have an amazing family so do you are you going to encourage them to to pursue some type of instrument to grow their mental mind in their younger age or are you going to be less you know let them find their way um i so i'm not going to force but i will definitely encourage um since it's such a big part of my life i do think that you learn so many other functional skills that you can apply to really anything and other uh, learning mm -hmm. opportunities that are really instilled at a young age. So um, for me, I think I'm very much the type of person that if you force me to do something, that's the second I don't want to do it. So I don't, I definitely will be immersing them with music all around them. And hopefully they'll want to at least pick up one instrument and learn it. But um We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe so, one will be blessed with singing because that is something I do not have a good voice. So that is something I'm hoping <laughs> we'll skip well, generations. That, and... <laughs> is that is that? Do you have any past experience in the family line? 
Does, do we have any singers in the family? Oh, absolutely. Yes. My sister, Gracie, okay. is extremely talented. And then my grandmother tells me that my dad has a great voice, but we he will never sing for us. So we <laughs> that's just hearsay. But okay. apparently growing up, my dad had a, a wonderful voice and would sing in the in church choir. So okay. um. <laughs> well, they, usually they say talent skips a generation. So maybe your kids will probably be singers then. I'm hopefully I'm banking on that. That would be wonderful. Right. Um, so do you think it was two years until you did your comp, your, your first competition, maybe a year? Um, when I started to play the piano for, yeah, for a competition. Cause I, yeah. Um, so I, I think my first year of taking lessons, it was the end of my first year that I enrolled in my very first it was more of a recital style competition. So what you would mm -hmm. do is you would go in to a room with just you and the judges and they would critique you and you'd have to play a certain repertoire of music. So like, since I was classically trained, I would have to play um, like based off the time period. So like a romantic um, genre or a, a Baroque style piece from a particular composer. Something like, so like Bach or, or is that the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Bach or um, Schubert or Schumann, uh, you know, any kind of composer that kind of fell into those categories. And so um, you would go into a room and just perform, just you and the, you and the, the judges. And so they would give you a score. And so that would then kind of translate into winning an award. So um, if you go three years in a row consecutively and you score the superior level, then you get a trophy. Oh. So that was, that was my first kind of, I think that was at the end of my very first year taking piano lessons, I enrolled in that rec recital style competition because it wasn't like a competition where only one person wins. It was more just you get critiqued and then you get a superior or, um, you know, a certain kind of ranking mm -hmm. or not, not really ranking, but a score and, or critique, that's probably the best way to describe it. And then um, that, you know, that kind of level set you on how to improve moving forward so well that's a cool way of like really knowing yeah. what level you are i mean i don't know of a, like another sport that kind of like ranks you based on your skill level that you perform at that you actually test at so that's kind of a cool way of doing it yeah it was really great it was like a great intro because i mean by that point i was what 10 11 years old um and so i think that was kind of that kind of reassured me that I did want to continue to, to actually compete. And so that then led to me signing up for other competitions. Now, is that your whole life? Is, is music at this point your entire life? Are you only playing piano? Are you not doing anything else? Um, so I, so piano was a big part, but then I was an avid swimmer growing up. So before I hit high school and middle school, I uh, competed in swim team, <laughs> competed and, um, actually loved it. I loved swimming. I loved water sports. It was one of my favorite things to do and, um, loved, that was like my favorite summer activity. Uh, would you describe yourself as like your brain is constantly on you always have to be on the go and doing something unless, unless you, and if you're not, then you feel like you're, you're not productive is that how is that how your brain is structured is that how you feel that you you need to be doing your work or, or consuming yeah. your day okay 
I think it ebbs and flows. So my dad, so my parents definitely had this approach of keep our kids busy and kind of train them to have this constantly, you know, having something, having a deadline to kind of train us growing up. So I think that was ex extremely tactical for my, my parents um, because we'd always have summer jobs or we would be um, involved in sports or after school activities. And so that was something that I think growing up and still even when I balanced my time working full time and um, competing in the Miss America program, those were skills that I very much took with me. And so it was very much a blessing in disguise. Well, I, hey, time management is something that's really important. Is that it? Would you recommend that is something to work on before you do pageantry to build that? you know, maybe do a sport and maybe play an instrument, especially if you're going to pursue Miss America where you have to have a talent and a talent plays such a major role? Absolutely. I think it's extremely critical, especially, you know, not only just when you're competing, but when you are a title holder. And that's something that people don't often see. And that's definitely not something they show on television. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that a lot of people think that, Sometimes people have negative attitudes to towards the pageant industry, but um, most successful pageant contestants um, are preparing just like a professional athlete's years in advance. You know, like you're you're practicing piano and becoming a master at 10, 11, 12, and you don't win your title until you're 20, 21, right? Because when did you what what year did you win um, Miss DC? Uh, so I was 24. You're 24. And so that, I, I, yes. <laughs> so that's, that's 14 years of practicing to get to, to the level. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how I look at it. Do you, do you look, do you look at it the same way? Um, no. Yeah. I think, I think it definitely takes time that you invest into really honing in on, on whatever skill that you're trying to develop absolutely and how did you gravitate from that sports life where you're saying you're loving swimming um to doing on stage is there something that you felt that you needed to work on was it public speaking or getting in front of a large crowd that you wanted to do uh, a pageant to work on or did you solely do it for for other reasons like um, getting money for college and, and doing that and doing those fashions? So I, I think it definitely evolved for me. So I didn't compete in Miss America or really any pageants prior to Miss America until I was a sophomore in college. Um, and so a couple of things happened. So when I was a senior in high school, I applied for an audition for my dream school in Manhattan. So I wanted to go to Manhattan School of Music. And um, actually, I, I, <laughs> I ended up applying to a couple and New England Conservatory in Boston. And so I got rejected from both. Oh no! And <laughs> I know it, it was just like, imagine just like setting a goal. Yeah, it was a big turning point in that I had experienced early. And so I ended up um, attending the University of Alabama and started out as a music major. And so I think, you know, I still think back to 
that time where I was just graduating high school, just starting college, and you're on your own for the first time. You don't know what you want to do with your life. You know what you love and the thing that you love the most, you know, you get rejected from like this massive dream that you have in your head. And so I was very low when I started, um, when I was a freshman in college and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I um, was able to kind of play around with GarageBand on the MacBook, the GarageBand app that you have on your iPhone. And and for me, I was so intrigued because I, I was thinking to myself, man, like this is really neat. You know, I can incorporate music and it's this piece of software that I never really realized that you could mesh the two worlds together. And so that's when I started to look into a technology degree. And so when I ended up switching from music to technology, I learned about the Miss America organization um, because of this really more so for the scholarship money, but then of course not being able to perform or really perform on stage was, I kind of looked at it as an avenue to be able to be on stage again. And so I grew up watching Miss America, of course, and um, especially growing up in Alabama, it was all the thing, like to be Miss Alabama was like, you are the top celebrity in the state of Alabama. And so um, that was- So that's yeah, a big, so where you grew up in Alabama, that's taken seriously. It's not a joke in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Like it. I mean, that's that's um, great because some, you know, some. So, but so it's always been. So when I'm my impression to you is, or my question to you, that's always been an a very heavily impression. Like, is a very important thing to achieve. Yeah, is to be that to be that person and be recognized by that. Yes. Yes. Very much. Mm So, um, so you 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 realize that you want to change your. So is that degree more taxing when it comes to the resources that you would have to do to pursue that degree? Is that the other issue? And you needed to supplement that as well? Um, when I switched to a tech degree, yes. I, I mean, it was extremely, an extremely daunting experience. Like gotcha. I went from, from a safe place of knowing, you know, enjoying playing music day in and day out to... Um, having to learn pretty much new languages, right? Computer programming languages. And, um, and I think it was exciting, right? It was definitely something that I was, was happy to be a part of. Do you feel um, that you're able to learn that relatively easier because you already, like we had discussed earlier, that you are basically speaking two languages because you already learned how to read music um, sheets, which we did defined as a language. And now you're going into computer programming. Were you able to use that portion and really um, easily understand how that coincides or was it completely another fish out of water where you had to start all over and it really took a long time to learn that? So I think my, so my experience with taking my first programming class was very rocky and I definitely applied discipline from learning the piano and learning how to read music to learning how to program, but programming did not come easily to me at all. It just, you know, people say, oh, it'll click. It just clicks one day, but it never clicked for me in college, but I kept 
but I kept persevering mainly because I loved the, I loved the classes focused on applied technology. So the creativity behind, you know, technology, the innovation, um, the collaboration is, and, you know, really, and the global perspective of tech and the impact that it makes is something that really kept to me in that degree and in that field, regardless of my, um, experiences in programming classes that I had to take. Um, and that's actually when I started to realize and recognize the lack of lack of diversity, just the, the lack of females in general that I um, had in my classes. So uh, it definitely played a big role in how I was able to feel like I belonged in that field. I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. You're going to the University of Alabama, is that correct? And you're pursuing a programming degree, is that right? Yeah, so it's it was, I don't if you want to know like the technicalities of the no, 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 I'm just like, I'm just brief. I'm just, I like the summers. So you're doing that. And then, yep. and, and at the same time, is that when you started doing pageantry or pursuing it? Yes, it was. Yeah. So what was your first, um, intro into doing pageantry? What was that experience like? And oh, you, did was, you only yeah. do America? Are you, are you, are you, are you just an American pageant contestant? Have you never tried other systems? Um, just America. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Just America. And um, so my first experience was extremely daunting. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I had signed up for the Miss University of Alabama competition okay. pageant. And that was really cool because you'd win like a full year of tuition and books paid for. Oh you'd, yeah. You'd, that's you'd good, be able yeah. to meet Nick Saban, who's, oh, cool. you know, yeah. the college football king mm-hmm. at Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was just a really just cool yeah. like title, right? Miss University of Alabama. So that was my very first pageant. The, t- and the title and all of the perks sound so incredible. So. I know, right? And just, gosh, but um, yeah, so I competed and failed miserably. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, what? how many people, did, did, was it a large field of um, candidates that you were yes. competing? Okay. Yeah, and that was your I first, think- and that was your first pageant it straight was. up. Straight up. It was, I think there were 15 contestants alone okay. in Miss University of Alabama. So that is a good, that is a really strong field. So you, you didn't even make, I guess, the top 10. So you didn't make the first nope. cut. No. So I did not. <laughs> it, hey, in my opinion, it's better to fail um, fast and hard because you learn from that. So is there anything that you remember that you learned that helped you to 
do better the next time. Now, did you wait an entire year or did you do another local at that point? I did another local um, about two weeks later. And I, I did learn a lot of like onstage presence skills that I, so, you know, I, the only category of competition that I knew I, I could actually perform well in was the talent portion of the competition, right? Like I grew up, I knew, I knew from a piano perspective, like, you know, how to bow, how to walk on stage and sit gracefully on the piano bench and then phrase and then start my piano piece. Well, but we, everything else was just awful. Well, I, <laughs> well, I you know, that, you know, I, I told you, um, it was the first time I met you that I, I thought you crushed it. So we know from a piano portion, you, you absolutely crush it every time. So that's not even a question. So. Oh, thank you. Uh, gosh, too kind, too kind. But, um, but like, oh, don't even, don't even ask me about the swimsuit competition and how to stand. And it, it was just, it was, oh, and, and then the interview portion, gosh, it, yeah, it was definitely something that I, I think, I, I think every single time I step out on a stage, I learn something new. And every time I step out from an interview, I learned something new. And so that's something that I, I truly appreciated about competing in Miss America. So the first year that you, um, put a full effort into competing in locals, did you place and did you go to Miss, Miss Alabama or did you not, uh, win a local your first year? So I did win a local. I was able to win. Thank you. I was, I was able to win my hometown, title that's cool okay yeah no it was was really special so was that your third attempt or did you or more than that that was my second okay okay so only it only took two attempts so that hey yes so from not (laughs) getting okay let's let's put this in perspective for for your first attempt you didn't even place and to the second one you win uh overall so that's good okay yeah what was your experience competing for Miss Alabama and, and going to um, the actual state competition, what was that everything you thought it was or was it overwhelming? It was extremely overwhelming, um, extremely daunting. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I didn't know what to expect. I think the week before I was leaving to go to Miss Alabama, I had learned that you needed visitation dresses. So I had no idea what visitation was, <laughs> you know, all of these things where you, you, since you've never experienced the pageant competition week before, then you wouldn't really know and you wouldn't really know to ask. And so I um, went in not knowing, I, I knew very little, little. And so, um, you know, it ended up being, I, I think my interview was horrible at Miss Alabama, but I think the connections that I made and the people that I met that also attended the University of Alabama was something that I really loved about the week. And um, I think that's really what prompted me to continue because not only did I, was I able to earn a lot of scholarship just competing in Miss, Miss Alabama, but I was able to, to make friendships. And one actually turned into uh, Miss District of Columbia 2017, Brianna, who ended up crowning me and actually ironically told me about the Miss DC um, pageant whenever I moved up to DC for work. So it all actually kind of, uh, became a small world in the end, but, um, 
you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a very scary experience, but it was very rewarding experience at the same time, regardless of even like cracking the top 10. So, so it's basically in that first year, are you basically mindset that, that you're going to compete until you age out? Like, are you like, and clearly you're building friends the first year that are now long-term, um, you know, friendships that you're going to have your entire life. Is this, is this now part of your life ongoing then? Are you competing every year? At, so a couple things happened when I competed at Miss Alabama. Um, you know, I mentioned that it was a very, really, it was a very challenging experience. And, mm-hmm. and anyone that you speak to that goes to a state pageant and even just any local pageant in general, it's extremely daunting and very scary and, and very mm-hmm. exhausting. And so I, after um, I was ex- for me, I was extremely successful at Miss Alabama because I was the overall talent winner of the week. And so that was something well, that that's pretty awesome. Don't, yeah, don't no, hide the, lead, don't hide the lead. <laughs> and see, I gave yeah, you a no, compliment absolutely. saying that I was so amazed by, it, and you're like, I'll st- I, you know, like that's <laughs> see, see, you're so humble, but like you are so an incredible, I have to tell you guys, please watch her performances because she's such an incredible pianist. She is. Oh gosh. I'm so squeamish about my Miss America performance because, um, well, that's I, their I, like, fault. That was their fault. <laughs> but um, no, it makes a good laugh out of it though. Like I, I, I made a connection with, um, Jesse James Decker, I think is her last name. The one that she got married anyway, is the singer. Mm-hmm. And, um, we just like looked at each other and smiled and it was like a, a very beautiful moment in <laughs> the split second that it happened. So, um, but no, thank you. And I think, um, I guess back well, to the, well, yeah. I mean, did, I mean, do you feel that is like, like that's a personal thing that you can hold? Like, like, because you, you mentioned that being Miss Alabama was such high regard. So do you, do you hold that in high regard that you might have not won that title, but overall, you know, that you were the best in, um, in your performance and that's what you've been training your entire life. So, to me, that's one of the highest awards you could get in your state that you grew up in. So that's kind of be rewarding be, to be known in such a, a, uh, a community that everyone, you know, everyone's competing and they, they're knighting, they're, they're saying that you're the best. So. Yeah, no, it was, it was extremely special. And I think that's when I started to, to really kind of make a name for myself in the pageant world. <laughs> Um, so, you know, after that, my experience at Miss Alabama, you know, people, directors would come up to me and say, oh, we want you to compete in our local. We think you have great potential. Like we can see you going to Miss America, like keep going, keep, keep getting better. And so I think, um, you know, after, after you come back from a week, you, you experience a lot of emotions. And so you absolutely do feel down and, and always kind of ask yourself, what could I have done better? Or, you know, was it me? and all of these like negative thoughts that just naturally happen. Like, I think it's human nature when, when you, when you have to really be vulnerable and put yourself out there. And that, so that natural pageant high that you, when you come absolutely. off, yeah. yeah. If yes. there was a pill, yeah. I, I, I have so many friends that, you know, like yourself and I always feel bad for you guys because you guys do put a lot of pressure on yourself, like a professional athlete would do. And then when it's all over, then it's like, you you're losing all that so there's an emotional loss there so 
you, you kind of have to agree unless you won the title and then there's only there's only one person who wins the title so exactly and it's all subjective you know and um and so I think, you know, I would hear such great comments from people, great feedback really from people. And then I would hear the, oh, you know, Alabama will not crown diversity or, you know, you're not, you don't have the look or you're not the, the right type for Miss Alabama. So I would get also, I would hear some of that negativity as well. And so that actually was, you know, it, it took me a while to go back to your question of, did I, was I hooked right away? I mean, I mean it did take me some reflection now was that directly consider. was that directly stated to you? Did someone actually say that like specifically? Um, so they would say it more like as hearsay of of <sighs> a general comment, you know, and that, that's just kind of the reality of like the perception of pageantry. And it but was that also goes, something. But also goes and, back to what you've been going through your entire life, like just you know being being in a in a school system where you don't have anybody else of your culture or ethnicity to 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 be friends with and you're you're struggling with that so that to me that yeah. just sounds very bulliness that like that you need to go to another state to win so um, well and it was i think it was a very it was very hard news and a harsh and the the, the worst thing about it is that you know who knows if anyone were to ever say that you have to be a certain type to win you know when it's, it's always up to the discretion of a panel of judges that of you've met for the first time so for me i think i found that as very discouraging but mm -hmm. um i mean that's how i take it too and i yeah and, yeah. So, and so i ended up i think what really so i knew then and there that i said if i want to continue to compete then i want to you know i want to do it for the, the underrepresented and I want to do it for the I want to reflect who I am as a person and show that you can be very shy growing up and be you know into tech into geeky things mm -hmm. and be able to be this like glitzy um well put together um representative of this organization and just really blend those worlds and show that yes representation can be is what this organization is about so and, and look and look at all yeah. the stuff you've achieved in that um you're you you might have started out as a shy girl having a problem um socially interacting in school but now you have an successful job a loving boyfriend um traveling the world highly educated uh former miss dc like all of those things are only because of your your persistence of working hard and all the stuff that you've achieved because of that yeah thank you um i mean is gosh. that how you see it because that <laughs> i'm just like kind of summing up like because i keep on hearing all of your i i hear all because it's a i feel like it's a, do you feel that your life is a ladder and you're just you, every day you're climbing it higher and higher so i don't see it as a ladder more so than like a squiggly line. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So at the moment, I think, especially with like my experiences at Miss America and balancing a career in tech and just my evangelism around promoting women in tech, it's definitely been just, you know, obviously you have your roller coaster, but I would, I, I think just having like a crazy path to where I don't know where it's going to lead, but I know the values that, I want to keep at the heart of what I do. And so I think that <laughs> is something I'm definitely experiencing of more, more so than just climbing a ladder. 
So how many years did you compete at Miss Alabama or the locals before you took your new job and you came you came um, to the Mid-Atlantic area and you came to D.C.? Um, so I ended up, so back to the question of, did you compete every year? I did. I did. So every t- after Miss Alabama, I made the conscious decision that I wanted to continue. And so I ended up after the state competition competing in locals. And so during that local season, I ended up not winning a single title. So I didn't actually make it back to Miss Alabama. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's... You like I like my philosophy is that you learn from following and and losing. So, did you feel that you learned stuff that you were doing? Did you did you didn't feel did you feel that you were going backwards or did you feel that you were learning everything? You were learning things as you were going. Oh, I was extremely disappointed. Don't get me wrong. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but that's actually. But then I. I had the opportunity. So that was the same time I was a senior in college. And gotcha. when I, before I graduated, I ended up interviewing with Microsoft and that was when I received an offer to start work with Microsoft. So I think everything did happen for a reason. Um, I think I didn't make it back to Miss Alabama for a reason. And I, I, you know, I was extremely disappointed, but I didn't take that. I didn't let that stop my momentum. So. And you, um, had, you had expressed that programming and and that degree was extremely you know time consuming and you had to put your full mind to it so school was def i i would assume school was more priority your senior year than mm-hmm. than um than doing pursuing a competition so yeah did um so is it they moved you to DC. Is that and you accepted a job? And is that how you got placed in DC? Is that is that the story behind that? Yeah. So actually, they I received a job and then they moved me to North Carolina. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up competing in Miss North Carolina for two years. Okay. So that's even something I don't know about you. So so you, yeah. so how was that experience? Was that like like was the the way they interacted with you, was it much more differently or did you feel still like you were um, competing upstream because there wasn't any, you know, they, was there still like negative attitudes because they felt you were ethnically diverse and it, you're, you're not fitting in with the, with the normal crowd. Um, so I definitely think it was a very much, um, I think when I think of like a pageant family, I definitely think that I learned what they mean by pageant family when I competed in, in Miss North Carolina. So they had a very well-established um, Carolina princess program and a teen program. And so I ended up, I had no idea how just incredibly um, involved I would get within my community and just how quickly I would meet people moving to a new city, not knowing anyone. Right. So I, um, I really enjoyed my time in North Carolina and don't get me wrong. I enjoyed my time in, in, in Alabama. And I think, you know, a big part of me wishes that I did have the opportunity to represent my home state, but, um, you know, it just wasn't in the cards for me. Right. Like I followed my career and my career took me to North Carolina and I, I found a, pageant family and um loved competing and then 
that was actually the irony of my whole story in Journey in Miss America is that I ended up aging out. So my last year at Miss North Carolina, I was annou <laughs> announced first runner up. But then um, they oh ended up having God. some scoring issues, and then I was second runner-up. So that was my last year at Miss North Carolina, and that was my last year of eligibility. Oh, my God, Allison. So <laughs> so it was the year before they changed the rules. So you, was, got, yeah. uh, you, go, you go in thinking that this is your last competition, and they had some weird uh, befolity, befolity or messing with the numbers, and they just – mess with you again okay ah so you go from being se uh, second oh first runner-up to, to to the second runner-up oh my god i'm so that sorry so allison oh that's okay it's a, it was so it's I know, so funny but like that's so, it's so <laughs> it's just great like when you think back to all these events or all the things that you think are just just big roadblocks in your progression to meet your goals or just any kind of life event then um you know because I think when I that was in June so it, it was funny so I, I was a government contractor so at work at Microsoft I was a developer um consultant so basically I would be contracting at work to the U.S. government and so they would fly me up to D.C. every week um when I lived in Charlotte and so for the duration of my career uh, and my time as a consultant, I was do doing programming work for the U.S. government. In very that, that that's a very like sim in the simplest form I can explain the work that I that I did when I was um, living in Charlotte in, in Washington D.C. So it was crazy timing because like the whole time I was very transparent to my employer employees not my employees but my employers and to my coworkers about like my involvement with Miss America my my you know if I were to Miss North Carolina then I would have to quit my job and then I would go on to Miss America so they were extremely supportive and they were they were really great in helping me balance my work travel with competing in, in the competition in North Carolina so you know the whole time that they that I was working for the U.S. government um, for on on some projects, they you know they kept asking me, oh, can you can you just stay in D.C. like it, you know we we'd love to just have you here permanently, and I just said the timing's awful, right? Because I they knew about my goals and and um, I just wanted to stay. So so you really felt so at that point in your life, you really felt that you fell in love with the community of North Carolina of the state of, Car of North Carolina and you wanted to stay there? Were you living in Charlotte then? I was, yes. So yeah, you just fell, a, yeah. you fell in love with Charlotte then? I did. I fell in love with Charlotte, with, um, you know, with the Miss North Carolina organization. Like it was just a, so that know, was, lucky... that was home. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they're, and, and they're, they're begging you to come to DC. So I guess they won out because you eventually did come to DC. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So a couple of things. So I, but people may not know. So I have a sister in that lives in Washington D.C. Okay, so your sister moves to D.C. Okay. So my sister had had has lived there for like six years already. So gotcha. she was already in, in D.C. when I was living in North Carolina. And so, um, you know, I think when I when I experienced the the whole, you know, last last chance. And then getting first runner up, but then really getting second runner up. That was a very, that's a very 
unique experience. And like, I don't think anyone can really kind of explain how it feels when you go through that, you know, regardless of if you're the winner, like I feel for the winner or, you know, and the second and the first runner up. So it's just a very, it was just a very challenging way to end and gain closure from the Miss America organization. Right. So, so that was something that um, was, was hard for me to, to kind of overcome. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was something that was extremely challenging for me. Um, and so I think what I wanted to kind of continue to do is just focus on my career and continue my momentum and continue the impact that I could make. And so for me, my mindset at the time was, okay, work's been offering this. It makes sense because I, you know, I don't have any kind of commitment. I'm not tied down anymore to North Carolina. Um, I'm closing this chapter of my life and I'm going to move, be closer to family, be, you know, be with my sister and um, just focus on my career. And that is what I did. So I ended up moving to DC, work brought me up to DC. And then I focused on my career. Um, and then I think that was, I think that whenever they had announced it. So Miss America happened in like September, I moved in August. And then September was when they made the announcement of the, the age change. And so I didn't even think twice about it because normally you have to have six months of residency before competing in a preliminary. And I didn't really know anything about the Miss DC organization. So um, I was just lost chilling in DC, hanging out with my sister. And then um, my friend Brianna that I competed with in Miss Alabama and went to school with at Alabama was the reigning Miss District of Columbia. And so we had been hanging out and she was like, have you heard? And she was the one that told me that I would be eligible and encouraged me to, to compete. So she said, give it one more year. And if it's not meant to happen, it's not meant to happen. But at least you know that you tried. So the small world of, of Miss America was the reason why I decided to compete and, um, in my last year of eligibility after I was officially aged out. <laughs> so... I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mav. PP.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. I mean, Allison, that is just absolutely flabbergasting that one, <laughs> yeah. you go through, you go through, I would say personally, um, yes, I, I'm not the person that, but I would be so personally upset and devastated that something like, like that happened and you had to physically live through it. So I assume that you felt like so shocked and then knowing that going into it, that was your last. So I'm sure that you prepared it like emotionally, like if I don't win, I'm okay. You know, my life will live on, you know, that I don't have a title. And then, and then are you someone that when you know it's done, can you like close up your life and like, can you move on to things for uh, very quickly or does that take, a transition point where you're moving to DC and like closing or, or, or do, do you have to, to partnerize things or is it very easy for you to move on? 
Um, I don't think it's necessarily easy for me to move on, but it's not uh, something that I can't do, right? <laughs> right, I understand. Um, some yeah, people, no, like, that's, that's like, an interesting question. Yeah, that's it's because some people yeah. can literally just like shut down, like ah, like after a breakup, like they're on to another guy, or you know, or or they're just you know they they put work in front of it and they just keep on going. So, mm-hmm. so you. You're, so you're definitely going through all those, those, what they call the seven motions of, of loss and like dealing with it and moving to DC then, correct? Um, I think it was more, well, I think it was more of, I I wanted to, I mean, in a sense, yes, but I wanted to really focus on my career now that I was able to. Okay. Um, and so one of, one of the big drivers was, you know, I had this opportunity to really deepen my relationships in DC and deepen my reach and impact. And it made, you know, it made sense at the time. And I wanted to be closer to, you know, and my sister was there. So. And right, you're saying like the, there are two major things. One, it's always great when an employer wants you and they're, they're begging you to come work because that's a rarity. So um, that's awesome. And then you have family. So it's kind of like best of both worlds that you're getting. Yeah. And then it was you, a hard and you had girlfriends there too. You had girlfriends there already. So you had, so you kind of had your community there, um, in another place. So, so that was kind of like a new salvation starting over again. Is that how you yeah. looked at it? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that'd be a pretty good way to look at it. What what was the, um, so you kind of glanced over it. Um, there wasn't any like aha moment when they announced it there. Um, you weren't um, like, Oh, interesting. Like, like they decide to change the, the age um, and I may still be eligible. Was there not anything like, so nothing hit, hit you personally. It, you, it just like went over top of your head. No. So I, I was told about the announcement. Yeah. So I was in, yeah. So I heard about the announcement, but didn't think, I mean, of course I was like, Whoa, this, this is crazy. Um, but I was already, I had already moved. So my first thought was like, Oh, like, obviously I'm not eligible. Um, because you know, being in DC, I was not, I didn't know that they didn't have preliminaries. So Miss DC is just, um, you audition. Yeah. If you audition and then you compete. And so, in North Carolina, you compete in a local, and then you have to be, you know, a, a minimum six months resident or working full time before even being eligible to compete in a local. And so I, I was like, oh well, I'm not eligible for North Carolina, and I'm definitely not eligible for DC because I just moved, and um, it wouldn't have been six months before a local. And so that was when I was told that it's only six months to the state competition that you'd have to claim eligibility to compete in Miss DC. So that's um, kind of what made so me look into it some do more. You feel, do you feel that, that that the stars aligned or like God was putting you in that spot or um, you personally had just did all of the hard work to get yourself there? Or how do you describe that? Because it seems like, like destiny that you are now in a spot where ethnically diverse, they're more open. You're in a good spot with your job. You have family, you have friends. Like I can't, 
you, you, I'm just repeating what you said. I can't describe a better way for that. You would be emotionally in the best spot to win. Am I wrong? Am I? I mean, I think it was definitely a God thing and definitely timing and the stars definitely aligned. Cause, um, if you were to ask me if they would have ever raised the age or if I would ever have actually had made the move in, in a, and within the time frame of being eligible, then I would have been like, I would laugh. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I know talking to Adriana, um, Adriana th- was in the same thing. She was absolutely flabbergasted. Um, she thought that um, she wasn't going to be eligible. And then out of nowhere, they just announced that the age and we both really strategized on trying to help her win Miss Maryland. So we were in the same point on uh, the same idea that you were just, we were we were focusing on Maryland, and you were coming into DC focusing on DC. So, what overall your experience winning Miss DC, being a newbie, how, what was that experience? Because um, did you feel that you understood everything when it goes being the capital of the United States, and was it weird to represent a community that you had never really been affiliated with until? The, just recently? Um, I was extremely nervous. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming in, you know, very new to the city. Uh, well, new as a resident. I, I mean, I, I lived out of hotels before being uh, on the road mm-hmm. and traveling back and forth to DC from Charlotte, but um, you know, and I, and I reference this all the time, but like each state is, is like its own company and they have very, you know, they, they run, things very differently to other states. And of course the common values are, and the underlying values are the same and consistent to the overall Miss America organization. But you can never assume that just because you've competed in one state that you're gonna kill it in another state. And so having experienced that in two states already, I definitely felt like I wasn't in a position to where I could just walk on and do no prep and just sweep the title. I, you know, I, I think I worked harder competing in Miss DC than I did in the last four years of competing in, in other States. Do you think that everything that you did leading up to it was what really prepared you? Do you think that all of the struggles in Alabama and then the almost winning in North Carolina really put you in a situation where all everything's on the line? Like this is the second year where like I literally, I don't know how to, I don't, I mean, you would live through it, so I don't know how to describe it or under, or understand your mental capacity behind it because I'm sure both times you had to be like, this is my last time, my second to last time. I don't know how that works. Like, as I'm like, because you basically, to me, it sounds like you had to go into it two times in a row expecting never compete again if you lose. And did you feel like that's what had you like so mentally ready to win Miss DC? Um, yeah, like I think, so a couple of things that went through my mind after my, my last um, year at Miss North Carolina was trying not to dwell on it. So leaving it in the past, but then knowing the experiences and being able to handle the, the, um, the mental kind of mindset, right? Like having a mindset of, I know I've moved on. If I don't make it this year, if I don't win this DC, 
I know that I've done my best and having that mindset going into the competition instead of having this like do or die, like it's my last year, everything dwells on this, knowing that I've already moved on from it. And that I know that I've had, um, you know, an even greater success in my career and that it's only the stepping stone to my next big career goal. And so that really helped me going into Miss DC to literally just have fun, really focus on performing the best that I could and leaving it out out on the stage, regardless of the result. Well, Allison, I mean, personally, I think you've been one of the best Miss DCs, and I definitely consider you an absolute incredible friend. And um, I I really wish you 100% the best. And um, I want to hold us to the hour that I promised you. So um, I, I, I just want to thank you for your time and, um, and uh, if there's nothing else that you want to mention, talk about, I, um, I just want to wish you good luck and, and please stay safe. Yes, thank you so much. No, I'm so glad that you invited me onto your podcast, and I look oh, yeah, forward to course. to speaking to you soon. Well, of course, and um, I, I I want everyone to know that, like, I really think that Allison is someone you should definitely keep in touch with, and. Um, definitely look at her performances and, um, if Allison ever would do lessons, um, in pageantry or in, um, piano lessons, uh, if she ever would do that, then she, you should definitely at least keep your eye open because I think she'd be a great teacher because she's so talented in both. Um, and she's such a hard worker. So I think only the skies are the limits, even though she says it's, uh, it's a, uh, a squiggly road. Her squiggly road is going to, <laughs> only going to go higher and higher. So, Oh, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. No. Well, thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am so thankful to have you as a friend as well as just have the opportunity to really dive into just your your experiences and learn from you. Um, just hearing from your story of all of the uh, trials and tribulations that you had to go through to eventually achieve your goals is so inspiring. And I hope that your story will inspire other people. And I'm so thankful for you coming on our show. I want to thank all of our listeners for subscribing to our channel and giving us a thumbs up, giving us a thumbs down, um, subscribing both on iTunes and on YouTube. I also want to remind all of our listeners, we also have our movie review show with my co-host Yvonne Carlos called The Movie Breakdown. So if you guys have any movies that you'd like us to review, just let us know and we will do that. And as always, please stay tuned.